Welcome back, guys and ghouls. You're listening to Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween, the scariest podcast that's allowed to be available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 31 spine-tingling stories every single day of Halloween. As you know, now is the time to turn off the lights, light a candle, tell your husband or wife to leave the room, because you listen to Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween alone. And I don't care what people say, everybody knows that Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween rides you hard and puts you away wet. So start your seance or put a pentagram on the ground because Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween starts right now. Bjorn Borg had died. One of the most famous tennis players in history was laid to rest on a wonderful, beautiful night on October 31st, Halloween, 2020. His funeral was amazing. The Swedish Prime Minister even spoke at it. Now I love Borg. He's the best tennis player in the world, and I am so sad that we finally have to lay him here to rest the Swedish Prime Minister said. It was packed to the rafters. So many people wanted to celebrate Bjorn Borg's life. But there was one man sitting in the back who didn't want the spotlight. He was just there to honor one of his best friends in life. That was John McEnroe. He was now 72 years old, and he had always loved Bjorn Borg. They had came up together in the tennis circuit and had played tennis together in a few fateful matches. In fact, there was a lot of rivalry between them back in the day that the media would hype up. They called them the Borg vs. McEnroe matches. I see that there's someone in the back who might want to treat us to a few words. John, John McEnroe, why don't you come up here? No thank you, John McEnroe said. I just want to honor my friend in the back and I will not be speaking today. What did he say? He said he wasn't going to speak today. Okay, the Swedish Prime Minister said, and he laid off of it. He would let McEnroe mourn in peace. John McEnroe hated funerals. Most people he knew really liked them, but he was sort of an anomaly, just like he had been in tennis. John McEnroe left the ceremony and walked back to his beautiful home in Manhattan. When he got to his beautiful brownstone, he walked up the stairs and he almost collapsed from sadness. He could not ever have imagined a world without one of his best friends, Bjorn Borg. It was too much for him. Who was he without Bjorn Borg? Their names had always been tied together throughout their entire careers, and now here he was, a McEnroe without a Borg. When he walked in the door, to his beautiful home his wife instantly knew that her husband was suffering Johnny Johnny what's wrong what's wrong I've never seen you like this Sharon I love you so much but my heart is torn and broken into pieces I feel like it's beating so hard like a tennis ball bouncing between two tennis rackets I love you so much but but Borg meant so much to me and there John McEnroe cried And Sharon, watching John cry, always made her cry. 
they both went on the couch and just bawled their eyes out for a full hour. They went to bed without dinner and made love, the kind of sad lovemaking that doesn't help you feel any better, but it comes out of compassion, wanting to warm the other spirits. They made love vigorously until they both felt tired enough to fall asleep. John was plagued by nightmares. He was tossing and turning for most of the night. But then something awoke him from his nightmare, the one that he was having. He heard what sounded exactly like the bouncing of a tennis ball. That was something he knew well because it was a sound that had accompanied him for most of his life. That thwack, thwack, thwack of a green tennis ball. John woke up from his nightmare, bleary-eyed and wondering half asleep. And then what he saw in the corner of his room shocked him almost to death. There was blonde-haired Borg, now a ghost, in the corner of his room, using his paddle to bounce a tennis ball on McEnroe's floor. Hello, John, Bjorn Borg said. Don't be scared. When John would think back on this event that happened in his life, he would always wonder, why hadn't he been scared? Here was a ghost in his room, and yet John wasn't perturbed by this at all. John, now, fully awake, shot up in bed and went to his friend Borg. Borg! Borg! Bjorn! Oh my god, you're here! You're here! You're a ghost? Yes, John. I have been punished to remain here on Earth as a ghost. For what does this punishment come to you? John said in a convoluted way. What is it that you have done to make you remain on Earth here? John said. The things that haunt you in life end up being the things that you haunt in death. I was always haunted by the fact that I couldn't beat you in that last match, Borg vs. McEnroe, at Wimbledon. Wimbledon? 1987? When Fatal Attraction was number one at the box office? Yes. What do you mean? You wish that you would have won that match? John, I never told you. I didn't want to ruin our friendship, but that was the hardest day of my life when I lost to you on that final match. It sent me into retirement. You must know that. I thought you just were wanted to retire. You've always been a carefree spirit, and you said that you could take or leave tennis. That was so obviously a lie. And that's what haunted me all throughout my life. And it needs to be resolved, John. It has to be resolved. I don't want to remain here on Earth in chains like this. Borg, I, I am so sorry. You you know, you were my best friend in life. I, I loved you. I still love you. I wish I could help. Well, John, that's why I'm here. You can help. If you go to the Wimbledon courts with me and you'll play tennis with me out there on the court and you let me win, I will get to cross over to the other side. Is that it? If you and I play Timbus at Wimbledon, 
then you get to cross over? Well, that's a done deal, baby. I'll fly out first thing tomorrow to Wimbledon, London. There's no need to fly, John. Why don't you just put your arms around my back and I'll show you a little trick I just learned when I died. Oh my gosh, this is going to be epic, John said. And he put his arms around his ghostly friend's body and he gleefully laughed as Borg shot off into the sky and started flying them to Wimbledon. It was a straight shot right across the Atlantic Ocean, across the pond, as most people said when they would do this trip. And it was a wonderful flight. He was soaring through the air with his best friend, Borg. Borg was trying to make it as fun as possible, so he would weave and fly through the clouds and the birds, and John was loving it. I love this, John said. I know you do, John. We get to fly together, Borg said. And because this was a ghost flight, it was much quicker than human flying that we're all accustomed to. They got there in an hour and 45 minutes. It was still night in London, and the Wimbledon course, where Borg and McEnroe had met so many times, was empty. It was perfect, so lovely in the moonlight. The green ground and those high chairs where the referees watch over you, and the stands, the wonderful Wimbledon stands that had housed so many people like the Queen of England and the princes and a bunch of royalty and celebrities. Wimbledon was majestic there in the moonlight that night on October 31st, 2020. Well, let's have us a game then, Borg. We got to get you out of here so you can cross over. My thoughts exactly, Borg said. They grabbed a few loose tenon balls that were on the ground and they started to parlay back and forth with beautiful strokes that people, if they were watching, would come to expect as classic Borg and McEnroe volleys. It was majestic. Just them two, one of them a ghost, one a human, thwacking the ball back and forth, doing beautiful rallies. Back and forth. Back and forth. Okay, well I guess let's start counting it so that you can win and, and cross over, Borg. Is that how this thing works? John, I got something I need to tell you, and you're not going to like it, Borg said. You've told me plenty of things in my life that I didn't like, Borg, like the one time you won Wimbledon, and the announcer said that you won, and you said, don't be a little baby on the court. I didn't like that very much. This is much worse than that, John. I'm so sorry. For what? Borg, what's wrong? You can tell me anything. I was your best friend in life, and I want to be your best friend in death. You are my best friend, John. But I have to tell you something. After the first time that you and I battled for the title of Wimbledon that first game, Satan came to me that night, and he asked me if I would be willing to sell my soul to win the second Wimbledon Cup. And John, I am ashamed to say that I did. I sold my soul that night to Satan, the Prince of Darkness, and now he's coming to claim it. 
Satan is coming here now? John asked. Yes, Borg answered. And then they both listened as the gates of Wimbledon opened with a slow creak. And then he walked forward. It was Satan. He looked exactly like you would imagine. Al Pacino in Devil's Advocate. Do not take much heed in this form. Al Pacino from Devil's Advocate said. I'm just using a different image of what each of you imagine Satan to be like. So for John McEnroe, I am Al Pacino in Devil's Advocate. And for Borg, I am my true form since he's already seen it. Oh my god. Satan, John said. I can't believe that this is the image that Satan would be shown to me as. I only saw Devil's Advocate once, but I guess that is my mental image of Satan. You don't even want to know what Satan looks like for me, John, Borg said from across the tennis net. I am here now to reclaim the soul that was promised to me from one Bjorn Borg. Please now, Borg, forfeit your soul to me. Satan is hungry, you see. On October 31st, All Hallows' Eve is when Satan eats, and I am all so hungry. Do you see what I told you, John? It's just as I say it. Satan is here to reclaim my soul, so I thought that I could at least have one last game with you on the Wimbledon courts before he came for me this night. Borg, wait. Wait. I don't want you to have to give your soul to Satan. Isn't there something we can do? I've tried, John. Satan is so horrible. He's been... The worst to me ever since I made that promise. John McEnroe had always been a fast thinker. That was what had made him such an amazing tennis player. He was able to predict things almost at a rate that was faster than normal people, and so it made his tennis skills that much better because of his clear, quick thinking. Satan, wait! I have a proposition for you, McEnroe said. If I know anything about Satan from popular culture, you love things like deals and bargains. <laughs> that is one thing that you humans have gotten correct about my nature. I do love deals and bargains and things like that. What is this deal now that you bring to me on this night, All Hallows' Eve? Well, Borg here mentioned how much you love tennis and how good you are at it. He did? Yes. He said that if you were a human on Earth, that you would have beaten us all three times at Wimbledon. <laughs> I love that, and it is true what Borg just said to you. Well, ever since Borg bit the dust, I haven't been able to play with anybody good. So, I would love it if I could play against you. I absolutely love that, but then what is this bargain of which you spoke of earlier? Well, the bargain is, baby, if I win against you, Borg goes free. And if I win against you, John McEnroe? Well, then I bite the dust right here and now, and you get my soul too, baby. <laughs> that is wonderful. Borg, you never told me that John McEnroe was like this. So funny. Well, if you don't mind me being 100% honest with you, 
I never knew John McEnroe was this funny. Okay, Boar, thanks very much. Good insight there. Alright, McEnroe, let's play tennis. You versus me. If you win, your soul goes free. But if you don't win, which is most likely what will happen, then you and Borg will both join me in hell and we'll play tennis all the time together. And I know God will be jealous because I have the two best tennis players with me in hell and he will be stuck with Roger Federer. <laughs> Sounds brilliant, baby. Let's start playing, McEnroe said. And him and Satan went on either side of the court and Borg's ghostly form watched on the sidelines as the referee. It started out amazing for Satan. It was 15 love immediately. But then what happened was McEnroe got a point and then it was 15-15. And then Satan got a point and it carried on like that. But eventually what happened after the most rigorous tennis game of all time that you've ever heard of and 10 times better than any game you've ever seen. McEnroe beat Satan. John, no one has ever played a better game of tennis than that. You beat me, Satan. And now, because of my failure, I must go back to hell, for I ate no soul on this night, Owl Hallow's Eve. Borg, you are free now, and you may float away to heaven. And McEnroe, next year, I am going to demand a rematch of you, and if you lose that time, you'll go to hell with me. Sure thing, babe. That'll probably definitely happen, McEnroe winked at Borg. All right, ta-ta for now, Satan. Goodbye, McEnroe. Goodbye, Borg. And with that, Satan started spinning around in circles, and then he spinned around so fast that he turned into wind, and then he turned into dust particles, and he was gone. John, you have made me the happiest man in the world. You saved me from Satan's grasp, and now I can go free to heaven. Baby Borg, I know you'd do the same thing for me. I love you. Now why don't you get up to heaven? But first, take me home. So Borg did. John McEnroe got on top of Borg's back. They flew together over the Atlantic Ocean. McEnroe was so tired from playing an insane tennis match against Satan that he fell asleep on Borg's back. So when Borg arrived back at McEnroe's Manhattan apartment, he just gently placed McEnroe into his bed and tucked him in under the sheets. Good night, Joan. You never know what you've done for me. Good night, my friend. And then, with that, Borg floated out of the room and went straight up towards where heaven was. Back down on Earth, McEnroe slept a full eight hours. He had never had a more restful sleep. The end. Well, everyone, as I always say, you get one good story, and then most likely you're going to get a full-blown flop next. So you be the judge of which one that was. I know I have my opinion on what it was. But anyway, I want to thank you so much for listening. If you are still going to listen further, I so much appreciate it. Riley Hamilton loves you, and you just listened to Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween the scariest podcast guaranteed to keep you spooked all October long. 
See you tomorrow.